What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Antler Up podcast, and we are on episode 21, and Dimitri and I are joined by John Legansky of Whitetail 101. And in this episode of the Antler Up podcast, John talks about uh, how he is making a difference to help brand new hunters get out in the woods with his Whitetail 101 program. He shares why he created this program, how he, uh, what we could do to help continue to recruit new hunters and, and how they could apply this program to get them to, to get right into it, kickstart and get a whitetail on the ground. So we really enjoyed this episode and having John on. Uh, we look forward to seeing how he will continue to grow this program. And then also at the end of this episode, John talks about how he's going to be doing a giveaway of a free course. And uh, so you don't want to miss that part at the end. Uh, So thank you to John for doing this giveaway and dedicating a lot of time for creating this awesome course and having a passion to get brand new hunters in the woods. And as always, a big thank you to all of you for the continued support and uh, and from especially our partners. And be sure to check them out over at our website at antlerupoutdoors.com. Turkey season is finished here in Pennsylvania, and now the brain switches immediately to whitetails. First Light Solitude Bibs and Jacket is was my main outerwear system that I wore this past season, and especially when the temperatures began to dip. I can't really express how much I love this setup. The jacket has a pass-through uh, for your hands to go through and the chest uh, to go right in the muff that's located on, in your bibs. It kept your hands warm. I kept my a little hand warmer in there with my release to keep that release nice and warm so as, as a, it wasn't just hanging out on the bow uh, and getting ice cold so my hands wouldn't get warm or cold Um, you know and I could get away with this uh, setup in wide ranges of temperatures depending on my layering system I mean I wore that even in the teens and I felt really comfortable and warm during that time so it's cut perfectly it's warm it's silent it's using that catalyst material um, that's also on on their catalyst system so don't wait until the season is right upon us to get this kit because I'm sure it will be sold out like it is usually every single year so find out more about uh, what other great products First Light has to offer over at firstlight.com. Onyx is the number one hunting app that lets you know exactly where you stand. And throughout the day, we kept pulling up our Onyx hunt map to mark all the sign that we were seeing with also with our way, with hitting them with our waypoints and potential entry and exit uh, paths. And another key aspect of this app that we used was when we found some good trees that we marked uh, for potential spots for next year. This allows us to get back to that same tree or come fall and at least to get in that same general area that we want to hunt. All these tools and key features could be used right from your fingertips on your phone or from your computer. So go to onyxmaps.com and download the number one hunting app today. And looking to deck out your bow with a great set of custom strings, then now is the time uh, to get them built over at americasbestbowstrings.com. Their Platinum Series strings are what I run on my Matthews VXR28, and I love everything about them from their custom color to the performance. The technology and quality of these strings are, are stands out the most, and the Platinum Series strings now come with a two-year warranty, and the Premium come with a one-year warranty, but regardless, they still have the same unmatched quality and performance, so check them out over at America's best bowstrings.com and the broadheads that we use we're using severed broadheads uh man these i can't speak more highly about them uh not only are they amazing that fly straight so no tuning is needed uh but man the holes cut massive uh and and they're cost effective because they're straight to you straight to consumer uh and man what a great people too behind the product love talking to them uh when we have the opportunity so check out 
the great people and the great product of Sever Broadheads over at their website, severbroadheads.com. And the Cobra Archery Harvester uh, re- is a release of choice for me. And because of the because of the total adjustability it has to offer, what I love about it, it has the UTS Unified Trigger System, uh, the length and angle, uh, and be able to rotate it on the th- of the thumb trigger is quickly and securely set into position with just one screw. Uh, awesome, built like a tank. And uh, feels really comfortable in the hand as well. So check this awesome re- release out over at irondecoy.com. Thank you again for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's show with John. And until next time, Antler Up. Hey, everyone. We are live with another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Dimitri and I are joined by John Legansky with Whitetail 101. John, we are excited to have you on, man. And welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for fielding my ridiculous request to uh, chat oh, on man. your show. No, this is, dude, this is actually, we're really excited about this conversation because, you know, you and I talked just briefly on the phone before we got rolling and wanted to, to do this. But, you know, when I think about the core of our values here at Antler Up, you know, it's obviously our passion for hunting. Just we want to get that passion out. It's our outlet for that. Um, but it's also about helping others, you know, number one, and then, you know, fostering that love of the process of becoming a better hunter and, and just an in- individual. And I think what I love, you know, here's what I think, hopefully I can speak for you in a sense, is that that's what you wanted to do when you created. That's that's my wife's job. <laughs> right. <laughs> just to be clear, but you, you have yeah. my permission. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Just like, what are those, uh, just that speak yeah <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> it took me a little bit to, to process that one i'm like yeah that's true aren't aren't they all though aren't they only you, ones that could do that you guys got kids man I, yeah I you're yeah you know what I'm talking about. but no i think you know for you developing whitetail 101 that's exactly kind of that same passion and that same thing that you want to help educate because you know we'll get into it and that's what we talked about just briefly on the on our phone call is that you know, we, we've heard the conversation of numbers are down and we'll, we'll get into this, but you went out and did something about it. So I'm excited for, for you to talk about what you got going on. But before we do that, John, talk to us about who you are, where you're coming from, uh, and, and what's happening, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, hello everyone. My name is John Legansky. I'm uh, born and raised in South suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. Not exactly what a lot of people think of when they think of like born and raised deer hunter. Uh, but my dad married into a family from like Southern Missouri by way of Florida. Um, so my mom's side of the family was all into, you know, whitetails, turkey, even, you know, hogs and stuff like that. And, um, my dad kind of used that as an opportunity to jump in and, and get his feet wet. So I was the kid growing up. I was the only kid in the, in the neighborhood with a deer or two hanging in his garage, you know, and my dad always liked to broadcast it. Uh, he's a truck driver. So you can kind of imagine the type, you know, he always liked it. He'd have a big old smile on his face, you know, and you should be proud of, you know, it takes a lot of work absolutely, um, and a lot of time and preparation. But, uh, yeah, he, he probably admittedly, he probably had some other motivations there cause he knew there was a couple of neighbors that weren't real hot on it. Um, <laughs> that put me in a position from a pretty early age to sort of have to explain myself, even though I, I truly, I don't feel like, um, like any hunter should ever really have to explain their actions. If you're a hunter, right. By our standard, today's standard, uh, cause anybody could go out, you know, with a spotlight and just shoot something. Uh, um, I think they call that trick or treating back where we <laughs> used to hunt, but, uh, 
if, if you're playing by the rules, it's hard. It takes a lot of time. And um, there's really nobody, in my opinion, more so than hunters and anglers that really understand the species, the way that they interact with the landscape and each other and how reliant we are on them. So from a pretty, I mean, pretty early age, 12, 13 years old, I started having to kind of practice that conversation. And rather than becoming like adversarial with people, like, oh, you don't know what we, you know, because I'm sure you guys have heard that conversation too, where it's like, well, you know, 80% or whatever it is, 80 or 85% of conservation revenue comes from hunters and anglers. Did you know that? You know, what have you done? And it's like, no, 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 pump the brakes. These are opportunities to explain to people like, this is actually good and here's why. Right. You know, and so I've just been practicing that conversation for 20 plus years, but, and, and we'll get into it a little bit more like, I've always considered myself a student of anything that's worth doing. I always want to continually learn. That's the beauty of hunting any species. I just happen to have the most experience hunting whitetails and be, you know, it's kind of lucky that those are also the sort of the most ubiquitous across most of lower 48. Right. And so there's so many opportunities for people to do that. And well, yeah, I've done some small game hunting. I've done a little bit of upland birds and, and, you know, waterfowl, I'm trying like hell to get my first turkey, guys. Still, we can, <laughs> we can talk about that. I know I talked to you, Jeremy, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I, had you got? Have you gotten one since then? Since I have. I, I have, and still, Dimitri's the you know the one with the uh, the nice old gobbler uh, on his I'll, trophy I'll, on yeah, his back. I'll be sure and direct my questions to him. Yep. Uh, <laughs> hey, I do. But, I um, do all the time, man. Well, I put the point is though, I put my money where my mouth is. Like I, I like to be a student because I feel like being a student makes you a better teacher. Right. And somebody who's going to sit back at, you know, and stroke his gray beard, you know, and, and claim that they know it all. That's not the guy I really ever wanted to learn from in the first place. You can pick something up from him, but it's a lot more fun to spend time with somebody who will admit. And I, I that's why, you know, at the beginning of podcast, I said, thanks for like, kind of fielding my request. Cause I heard you speaking with Billy from uh, yeah. premier. Yeah. Uh, and I, I found you guys kind of through him and you know, one thing leads to another and I was just really excited to talk to you cause I got the impression just from listening to a couple more of your episodes since then over the last, you know, even month. Uh, and I've gotten through like most of your episodes now and I just feel like, you know, uh, not just you, Jeremy, but also Dimitri, it seems like we all have sort of a similar, approach we're all kind of coming at this from the angle of like well we don't know everything and i sure as hell didn't know anything about video editing yeah you know c color grading making a compelling video not to mention building a website marketing it you know all all those things i'm just reading books and trying to figure out along the way it's mostly me it's mostly a, a you know a company of one which is also a great book that I could recommend <laughs> for the problem is I read the marketing books after I created a product and all the, the first chapter of all those marketing books said, don't create your product first. I'm like, well, okay, that's, it's too late now. So I've spent a couple of years building this up and trying to make it as good as it can be. And uh, now it's a matter of just finding the best way to get it into the, the hands of the people who really need it. Right. And so that's, uh, that's, that's kind of why I'm, I'm motivated to do shows like yours. I mean, I want to talk hunting all day and we could, we can share some stories, but at the end of the day, like my motivation is let's, when I started this, you're right. Like I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time and I was hearing people talk about the issue, but I didn't really see anybody actively solving it. It turns out I was wrong. I just wasn't, I wasn't hearing from the people who were basically doing the same types of work that I was Okay. Uh, with, you know, uh, R3, 
and you know BHA, which I'm a member of, and QDMA, which I think I'm wearing the hat, yep. right? Like the field to fort program. There are all these other things that are kind of like they're feel, filling different niches. And so uh, now my mind is like, is on like, okay, well, how can I, how can I work together with some of these other guys that have the same motivation and, and just took a slightly different path because I feel like that rising tide thing, you know, it's, it's going to prove true. If we, if we, if we want to solve this, it's a problem. It's, there's no question about it. It's still a problem and it's becoming worse, but we're starting to make progress. And if you're kind of, I've applied the same, the same concept in, in the way that I've been hunting over the last six or seven years since I started bow hunting, which is make the mistakes, get them out of the way and let's just figure it out. Yeah, no. And I, you know, what's awesome that you said about us learning and growing and developing for me growing up, my dad put me in a tree stand, sat me there and said, Hey, you know, when you have the buck that you want to shoot, shoot him, you know, that type of ordeal and just have, you know, and I appreciated it and we, I, I, I enjoyed it and I, we developed and we got better and he taught me a little bit more different things, but man, the last like three and a half years, it's been a huge uh, growth in learning just even from Dimitri, just because it's a whole different landscape of what I'm learning. I'm, I'm hunting on public land. I'm, I'm learning different scenarios of, of what he's scouting. Heck, even last week uh, in our podcast, when we talked about like even just doing e-scouting and when he and I go on, uh, like put our boots to the ground and what we're looking for things, I'm, I'm soaking that up. You know what I mean? And that's something where uh, a lot of individuals I, I'll, I'll see constantly just read. I don't read a lot of comments even on other people's social media posts but the one thing that i've noticed on say like the hunting public or uh, you know especially like him and like those guys and dan infall is that people will say man they changed the way i hunted you know i I did different things and you know that's the thing where you know man what i love about your program is you cover it's real it's raw you cover so much but right now is the time if you are looking to get into hunting because there is so much information out there and you give them that opportunity to here's everything right, you know, for your, for your taking. And then guess what? You got a base of knowledge and now you can go make those mistakes, learn and grow and develop and keep, and keep doing that. Yeah. And you, you know, the, the thing you said about like hunting public, there's a few great ones out. I mean, I've learned stuff from your guys' guests and you guys, right? There are a lot, there is a ton of media out there and there's a lot of quality media. I'm like, I actually haven't found that much that was not compelling or interesting lately. There's a lot of good media out there, but it's all geared towards us. Mm -hmm. And then I realized again, once I started reading those marketing books, it's like, well, yeah, those people are doing that because hunters are easy to market to. (laughs) We like to, I know you're a little bit more of a gear junkie than I am. Um, like I, I still, it, my, I have a Hoyt ultra tech that was like a bow from the nineties and I bought it used. Um, and it was like the hottest, latest, greatest thing when I was 14, you know, but right. I bought it off this. That was my first bow, my first compound bow. So, but this will be my seventh season, uh, behind, a, um, behind a bow. So, but it sounds like you, you kind of took a similar arc. You said three and a half years ago. Is that when you started well, with the archery? Well, no, I've started, I've been archery hunting for a long time, but it's just mainly like, like I said, like I grew up hunting on, on private property. Uh, and, yeah. and I was on, um, 
it was it was still different terrain it wasn't farmland it wasn't anything like that it was still mountain buck you know it was a club it was huge you know like four three thirty five hundred you know private acres so and just and it was mainly gun hunters and uh so i, ha I did have the opportunity to learn and see a de decent amount of a big buck growing up just because especially during archery season because it wasn't during uh you know when all, all the orange army are out and yeah. it, you know, it was, and my dad would have like these preset stands. I would go up, I would sit, and I would see deer. I would man, there would be times where, especially even during rifle growing up, I remember like when I was like thirteen, if I fell asleep and like woke up, there'd be like twenty five <laughs> deer standing. Yeah, under there yeah, yeah. there would be twenty five <laughs> deer, and you know, this is up on like on these ridges and mountain. And right. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things like when you're um when you're young and you you, you know I don't know maybe you missed like one you you kind of like dozed off in one day of economics <laughs> yep. in junior year of high school and now you don't know how to like you don't know what apr means you know <laughs> it's, like, it's like those little things it's like oh like if you ask somebody that's knowledgeable they're like oh this and there there's so many of those concepts in hunting any species and the nice thing is once you establish them with a single one like deer you can apply at least half or if not three quarters of those concepts to almost any other game species like, Hey, you know, these are prey animals. They're, you know, their vision is based on movement. They rely on their scent, you know, birds, not so much more vision, this and that. And it's like, Oh, okay. And it's in there. It's done. Somebody has told you the way that I built whitetail one one is not to assume any level of proficiency whatsoever. And the irony is like, I actually, um, it, you mentioned something about having like a bunch of deer standing under you. And I've had that when I've been like, you know, like at arms, but, uh, the last day of my 2018 season, my, my wife was actually, we, uh, put up a couple of double platforms cause she'll help me film. And we were trying to film like crazy for the whitetail one-on-one series that season. I hunted 27 days and my last day of the season, I was just wanting to fill one more, you know, I just had like an either sex tag that I hadn't, I like, I'd had a couple of encounters with larger bucks. It hadn't quite worked out at that point. I was just like, I have a tag in my pocket. I'd love to fill it. So let's just go back out. And I, you know, I'd love to love to film one more time. And as luck would have it, the, um, the, the property that we hunt, it is private, but it's, it's surrounded on three sides by like ag and more traditional sort of like what you would think of as good hunting. Our property is not that great, but it's got a lot of great cover. Yeah. So if you can figure out, yeah, there's a couple of spots in there that now we know that like bucks that we have not taken have made it. I, I've taken one, he scored on official 144 inches off that property, but I've had a couple of, of, of very, very almost opportunities, like 66 yards with a bow. And I'm like, I can't take that shot. I don't practice at 60 yards, you know, yeah. kind, kind of opportunities over the last couple of years. And I have, those have increased every year. That's awesome. Because, because my IQ has increased. I've, I've figured out when to take those chances, when to kind of like slip in, when not to sit in those obvious stands. And here's where it gets really interesting. The thing you said, you know, that you'll have deer like standing underneath you. Those are mostly adolescent deer. And I, um, I know for a fact that this, the, the lead doe, it was late enough in the season where they were mostly all grouped back up. Right. We talk about bachelor groups and I'm sure most of your audience knows what that is. So we won't explain, but the, <laughs> they were coming from my, from over my, my right shoulder from the back. And I, I didn't even hear them. They weren't terribly close, but in the, 
the position that I put myself in where I'd seen them moving. Uh, this was an evening sit. So the way that I had seen them moving towards their betting suggested that, okay, we'll call it 60, 40 odds that straight out ahead of me is where they're going to come from. They didn't, they came from behind me. And if I had been on my phone or asleep, I would have had, I would have had my pick of one of five does like an army, you know, one by one in the row, just browsing around, kind of like taking their time, walking right around. And what I did was I made the mistake of hunting. And so every so often, what do you do? Look over your shoulder, right? Have a look around, see what's going on. And just that much. I mean, the tree is this wide. So my head goes, you know, <laughs> yep. it's like shoulder width and my head just peeks around it. But by the time I can even get my eyeball on the dough, I hear ah, ah, like, and they're all gone. And that told me, you know, it's not just the, the, the old Wiley books that memorize where those stands are. Cause that's a, that's a pretty long stand. We've had that stand up for like four years. And so they're checking, Yep, they know where to look after you've been there for long enough. You know, and so it's, it's a kind of ironic because if I had been snoozing, my wife probably would have tapped me on the shoulder and I would have gone sweet, drawn back and picked which one I wanted. <laughs> but, but I made the mistake of actually taking my own advice and hunting. So um, <laughs> that's something that we cover. Um, but it, like we, we, we try not to get like too, too in depth with that stuff because it's like it's a one on one course. Right. So the way I present the materials like, OK, somebody, you know, I would rather offend somebody by assuming they don't know something than just skip right over it. And that's what so much of even like stuff from the hunting public, which they're doing stuff with, um, they're starting to partner with hunters connect is another one, another great outlet. Uh, what's, what's the guy with the long hair because name's Sean, I think from hunting public. Oh, um, Zach, Zach. Zach thank you. Yeah. And he's great. He's really articulate. Um, but like even most of their videos are kind of one off this, you know, Hey, are you wondering about this? Here it is. Well, great. If that, if that particular hunter is, or wannabe hunter, you know, a, like amateur hunter is subscribed to that channel or follows their Facebook page or whatever, and happens to see it that day, then great. If they see it at the right time. But again, it's like, that could be, you know, they're talking about step 26 and this guy's on three right? or, or girl. And that's where it's like, I just, cause I've, I've gotten that feedback multiple times of like, man, John, you're really, I'm passionate about teaching your teacher, right? Jeremy? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and actually, De teaching. yeah. And Dimitri even has a teaching certification as well. He just went into physical therapy side of things as just something different. And, you know, and to elaborate on that, Dimitri, I want you to talk about when we first were tossing around the idea of starting a podcast and, and what we wanted to do, your main thing that you talked about, and I want you to elaborate more on just cause it's, it's, it's your uh, story in a sense is how you wanted it to relate to people. Because when you heard different, you know, say podcasts or videos, it had nothing to, for us to relate to. And we, it was great information and it's awesome, but we get, we get nothing out of it. Yeah, I mean, you quickly found out here in Central PA, you're not going to see 25 deer when the, when it gets light out <laughs> under your stand. I mean, that's just something that doesn't happen here. I mean, you're lucky if you have one or two under your stand, just hunting the high-pressure public land where we're at. So, you know, but I, coming from, a, I wouldn't say more experience, but maybe someone that's done this steadily more than most people, and especially people starting out, I think – the important thing to, 
realize is you're learning something new, no matter whether you've been hunting for 30 years or if you're a new hunter and this is going to be your first year. I think sometimes new hunters get intimidated by someone that's been hunting a long time, but we're always constantly learning just because whether you're out there all the time, every situation in hunting is different. So whether you're seeing bucks or does, or you're trying to kill a buck or doe, whether you're spot and stock hunting or whether you're hunting in a tree stand, every situation is different. And Jeremy and I talked about this, uh, this week is, you know, there's all these media outlets of hunting and tips and tricks and, you know, but you got to find what works for you and piece together. Maybe a little bit of someone told you, about this and something about this you can't just pick somebody and watch all their video you know maybe not their videos but like their content and tips and tricks and then just hunt exactly like mark jury or cameron haynes you know you're that's not going to make you successful you know what's going to make you successful is taking all your knowledge putting it together and then applying that to your situation you know and i think a lot of people have a hard time realizing that and they're afraid to fail so they think that if they just hunt like one person and do everything they do, they're going to look or be successful like them. And that's just not the case in hunting because there's so many things you have to adapt to and situations that are going to affect the hunt. Uh, You have to kind of constantly be learning throughout. So, you know, everything we tell people isn't maybe going to apply to them, but they might pick up on one or two things that that's really going to help them. So, you know, podcasts I listen to, you know, a lot of it might not apply to me, but there might be one or two things per podcast on each one I listen to that's going to apply to me. And that's how you just got to kind of pick each one of those things out. Um, and then that's what we try to do is try to relate that to the people maybe that hunt a little bit more similar to us and then try to give them more knowledge, maybe on high pressure deer, kind of like the hunting public, but we hunt a little bit different than them. So you just got to kind of f- find what applies to you. That's, uh, that's such a good point. Like, so, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of like sort of famous, sorry, can you guys hear the roosters in the background? No, the neighbors no, no. have chickens. That's okay. amazing. That's awesome. Uh, I honestly, like, I really want to, I want to go and <laughs> ch- I want to choke that chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I don't know. Uh, maybe we just jumped into PG 13. So, um, <laughs> The, 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 yeah. So Dimitri, what were you talking about? Like we address that a little bit in, in our, in our messaging. Like I actually felt it necessary to dedicate an entire lesson to it's, it, the, it's called setting expectations because my biggest fear, well, my first fear is like the, the most, most of the people that I've talked to that are from like major metropolitan areas that don't have a mentor and are interested, you know, Everybody talks about now we have a better understanding of locavore, you know, organic food concern, you know, almost like selfish health concerns. And then the other half of it is like concerns for the livestock. And then when you wrap it in, uh, it's kind of a trifecta with the benefit, like the environmental benefits. Um, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to get into the tangents of like public land and all that means to me. I'm out in Colorado right now. Um, and believe me, there is a stark contrast. Even my wife, who is originally from Mexico, we, you go from Illinois where like public land is a forest preserve with a bike path and a parking lot and a pond. (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's that's your outdoor recreation for two hours, you know, like two within a two hour radius of my house from where I grew up. You come out here and my backyard is the White River National Forest. A little different. There's BLM like Bureau of Land Management land all over. Um, but yeah, keeping in mind where you're hunting, what that looks like, how many other people, how many other cars you're seeing in the parking lot. These are all things that we can't, I can't give you a hard and fast yes or no, do this, but I can say, Hey, coming from Illinois, that only has 4% public land and the whole state land mass, not federal land, not state land, federal and state combined. So less of that is huntable, right? Cause there's state trusts and all that. Um, they, they're still leasing some of it out to like extraction companies and whatever. So the same stuff that you deal with in the West. So basically if anybody doesn't have a place to go, guess where everybody is, especially come gun season. So we actually, my brother and I got into bow hunting because we lost our private permission. Okay. The guy, the guy sold and he got out of there. He, he retired and, um, and we didn't have an in anymore. And so it's like, we did not hunt for a year and that was, a year was long enough for Jake, my, my younger brother, he's four years older or four years younger than me. Jake got his first bow and he just started research. You know, he went on the Illinois DNR website and started researching parcels that he could legally go out and just hunt deer. And the first week of October that year, he was in college. Still, he went out second sit first day, took his biggest buck to date. <laughs> you know, things scored like 115. Uh not huge, but you know, that was his first real opportunity on like a decent like an okay buck. And he was hooked. He's like, you gotta get into this. Hey, can you help me get this out of here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I'll tell you all you need for your bow. But um, you know, we so we do the we have we we break our our the course into kind of like eight sections. So you could think of those as like units and then within those are chapters so a lesson might take you like an average of 25 to 45 ish minutes most people i mean if you're really motivated you you, you know like i uh, you know i'm moderately fluent in spanish it's like rosetta stone that's about how long i spent 30 40 minutes a day maybe five days a week you can cheat a little bit maybe i only got two or three lessons in this week but like easily within four to eight weeks you will be astronomically far ahead of what you would have been just trying to like Again, dink and dunk, you know, looking at, at videos online, even, even great videos. I'm not discounting the value of the Randy Newbergs, the, the Mark Kenyons of the world. Cam Haynes, eh, not so relevant to this conversation. I think we all just kind of like, you know, we, we like to kind of fanboy um, a little bit. Be like, look at his muscles. <laughs> but that he's hunting units that are managed for enormously large bulls like because his main thing is elk right right and so you can maybe like oh you know one in a, i don't want to say a million chance but a much much smaller chance that like a guy hunting a general over-the-counter unit might maybe encounter a bull like that whereas cam is picking from well do i take this six by six i don't know he's in the 320 class i was really hoping to tag out on a 360 and you're like geez i just you know what i mean so yeah. it's you have you have to appreciate those nuances and we start there we start with like the tags and the license and all the bait because that's where most people go screw this it's you know you, right. you want to go like you want to go and buy a gun 
and you go, Hey, I, uh, you know, you go to your Walmart and you're like, I want to buy a tag 36 out of 50 States. They're going to tell you, Oh yeah, just give us your uh, hunter safety number. And you go, uh, what? I don't have that. Oh, well, you got to take a hunter safety course. Now it's September, right? All the hunter safety courses are full up. Right. Okay. Well, what are my options? Right. And so you, you there's like, it's like, a, it, to me, it's like, it's like, a, um, it's not a straight narrow path. It's very winding. And there's all sorts of little trip wires and landmines. there set up for you to fall on your face <laughs> right. and say, and say, well, maybe next year. And so that's frustrating to me. And I can appreciate there are some, um, like, you know, fish and wildlife, the DNR agencies that are doing a good job to try and kind of limit those, um, those barriers those to the path to entry, but they still exist, man. It's very intimidating because if you can get past that, now you get into the, the process of learning what white-tailed deer are, do, need, where they live, right? Yep. But if you just have somebody to sit you down and go, all right, do this, now do that. That's what a mentor is. And a lot of the folks that, in my opinion, because I'm, I'm from a pretty major metropolitan area, there's no shortage of people who would do it given the opportunity. There's a shortage of mentors. And I, I've mentored one to two hunters a year for the last eight years. Nice. That's and it's, awesome. I mean, I, but I, you know, have I really moved the needle? Right. Well, I think, I think a lot of the times as great as social media is, like you said, you got to set your expectations early in your goals, because I think a lot of the times with these new hunters, they, they go to the YouTube videos or, you know, some of these more popular people and watch their videos and see them killing big bucks or, you know, giant bulls. And, and I think when they go out and maybe they sit for the first few times and they may not even see a deer, they might just give up real early, or maybe they're just seeing forks or, you know, six points and they're passing them up because they're waiting for this monster buck. And then they just don't get hooked on that. So I think it's very important to set those expectations. So there's nothing wrong for a new hunter to maybe just kill spike his first year. If that's legal in that state, or, you know, just shooting a small legal buck or even taking a doe as your first animal, that way you can still grow and learn and you're going to get better as you move on. So I think sometimes these media outlets show unrealistic expectations, especially to new hunters, which might kind of stray people away a lot of the time. Well, once again, I mean, is it, who, who is their audience for the most part? Who are they trying to reach? you and me, right? We like to geek out over that stuff. And, and, uh, I like, there's a show actually like an Illinois based show called bow hunter die. Yeah. Um, they're primarily white tail based, um, and they're goofballs, you know, but the, so they've got a lot of great pro staff too. And like, they show some amazing hunts. It's just fun to watch. It's not, I, sometimes I'll learn a tip or two. Um, cause a lot of those guys are frankly, they're a little bit better big bug hunters than me, but I'm okay with that. We, we talked about um, like being willing to fail. And for me, I would much rather actually, this is what I realized. I, I love um, like depth of experience and diversity of experiences. Um, and growing up, I actually, I have more of a background in entertainment. I was uh, been playing the drums since I was 13. Uh, I met my wife working on cruise ships, you know, like I, I got a liberal arts degree, which I'm still paying for at 33. Uh, but that led me to a lot of the experiences that I've had 
and it kind of forced me from a fairly young age, you know, cause I, I grew up when I was young, I was playing football and I got pretty good at that. Jeremy you played baseball, right? Yep. Dimitri played football yeah. too. Dimitri. So you, you kind of get it. Like, you know, when you're younger, you're more willing to suck at something. And then as you become an adult, there's this like, I don't know, you're kind of re- like everything reinforces this idea. I feel like everybody feels like if you're going to s- devote any time to something that it has to like, all right, well, it better net you some cash in, you know, 12 to 18 months. Otherwise you're wasting your freaking time. Yeah. And it's like, whatever happened is just doing stuff because you like it, man. <laughs> well, kind of go squirrel just for one minute. I mean, I remember uh, this was six years ago just because my daughter is six and it popped up on a memory not too long ago. I started playing in like a, an adult 25 and older baseball league that was like full-fledged baseball. It wasn't, you know, soft ball or anything like that it was, it was baseball and i remember i was i had to travel to a nearby town and my wife was like are you getting paid to play for this i'm like no she's like you, well I, I don't know if you should play anymore <laughs> you know it's like one of those you know just because again it was it was just something i i i did my whole life and i just wanted to play and do it but it was taking time away i just had a newborn so it's like you kind of look at things you're like you know what yeah i i I can't do this all the time. You know what I mean? I need to be a father and I need to do this, but, um, yeah, man, it's the, and I, I feel the same way. Like for me now, like with archery, I, and that's something that I love about it is because it, it, one day you could be lights out and you, you are hitting everything within a one inch circle. And then other days you're like, why is that four inches wide? Why is that three inches low? And you, you just, you can't hit a, uh, the side of the barn some days. And that's where for me, I love going back. And that's just something that I've grown to, to love and, and try to do and push myself to get better with just because one, it's just in my nature, but then two, because I am a hunter. And when a situation does come up that if a doe or a buck that I want to shoot, I'm going to be able and feel confident to make that shot. So that's something too, where I think for, for a new hunter, like you said about failing, because I failed hundreds of times, you know, whether it be before I even got a shot or even when I shot. So it's just like, uh, I, I think it's something where, like you said, and something I always, when I'm coaching, I always tell my kids, I, when you sent me that email, uh, just to talk about a few things and you said, embrace your suck, man, that's something where I, that's one of my, my quotes, especially when I'm coaching football and baseball is just like, I'm pushing them and just saying, Hey, exp- you know, you know, embrace that. Well, wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't it be sort of a slap in the face of everybody who came before you? We'll, we'll use the podcast as an example. You're one of my episode 13, 14, 15, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah we're 19, I think. Nine, okay, 19. Like, for somebody who's been doing this for eight years, 10 years, for you to expect to just, you, you can have flashes of brilliance, right? And you guys, like, just from what I've listened to, like, you're improving, the audio quality is improving, like, it's a practice skill. Right. Right. And so for you to be like, uh, well, I should be better than I, I, like I named the most famous podcaster, Joe Rogan, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, well, you can have moments of brilliance, but like in order to finally tune that and get good at it with consistency, it takes a lifetime. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I, I would counter like, is that really a pursuit worth going after? If you can master something in a year, what, what comes after that? And so for, you know, so I was kind of forced to keep doing that because it was, you know, early on it was football 
Um, and I was kind of a chunker, man. I weighed more than I do now. And I was like five foot three. I'm five ten now. Yeah, I was a big kid. Um, but like it, it, that gave me motivation to kind of like get in shape. I wanted to play other positions. And so now you have, you think through things, you think of things through a certain lens, a filter of like, what needs to happen? What do I need to do to get from where I am to where I want to be? And the, the nice thing about as an adult, you can work through those things more quickly, but it's also a lot of us are built to come up with all the reasons why we can't. And so I built a program to be like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. At every step, it's like, no, no, you can. This is the next thing you got to do. Right. Go do your homework and then watch this next lesson. And you watch the next lesson and it's like, hey, welcome back to White Cell 101. Did you do that thing that I told you to do last lesson? Because <laughs> if you didn't, uh, you're wasting your damn time. Uh, but I mean, yeah, embrace the suck, right? Like I, um, okay. I've been playing drums. So it's been shoot 18 years and I got really good at like rock and you know, like, so like basic, you know, all that stuff that like middle-class white kids in suburbia play in their garage, right? That's what I got good at. <laughs> and then I got, you know, I was like, I want to expand my boundaries. I want to learn these other styles. And so you suck again. There's just all there is to it. And how do you get good? You go to open sessions, jams, whatever. You watch these guys playing. You don't even fully understand why you like their playing better than your than yours. It's frustrating and it pisses you off. And then maybe instead of going up and doing what you went there to do, which is play and improve, you like psych yourself out. You're like, nah, I suck. And then you leave, right. you know, and you you listen to a hundred more hours of albums. Same thing, jujitsu, right? I like practice on and off with jujitsu. And the great thing about not being able to practice very often is that I spent a lot of time on my back, getting my ass kicked by guys who are, who do this with consistency. So when I'm up there and I try to pull, you know, one of my five half-ass techniques and they're like, Nope, seen that one before. And I'm like, Oh, he's like, okay. He's breaking my arm again. Tap out. That's good for you. I want to encourage people to embrace that in a healthy way. You know, don't break your arm, like tap <laughs> out. But like, if you do it right, hunting actually like hunting is one of the most, this one of the safest outdoor recreation activities you can take part in. I'm not making that up. I actually looked this up. Yeah. Uh, the stats say like, that's actually one of the safest things you can do. Uh, if you do it right, that's why we make you take a safety course right up front. And that's where Whitetail 101 is going to point you in the beginning. So, like, I know there's probably not a ton of beginners, you know, that are like non hunters listening to your podcast. If there are, hit me up, man. We'll get you a discount code. Like, we will get you in there. And it's uh, the, our slogan is zero to deer hunter in 30 days or your money back. So, like, if you're not getting what you expected to get from this, cash it in, man. Email me, say, hey, your course sucks. Fix these five things you know, I'll give you your money back. Thank you for your feedback. And then I'll implement everything you said, un unless you don't, you know, unless you don't know what you're talking about, which <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, cool. Here's your money. Um, but I I've taken a lot of feedback. That's where I'm at right now because I, and actually like as a grown up, I'll say that it's taken me longer than it should have to be ready to put this in front of people and get ready for them to be like, you know what, this isn't that good. I'm relieved that I haven't gotten that straight up feedback. I've gotten constructive criticism, which we've implemented at every turn. And I think that humility, it goes right back to the humility. Yeah. If you're willing to continue improving, it makes you a better teacher. If I, if, if the teacher that stops learning and is not a student anymore, 
I don't want, I don't want to learn from that person anymore. And for the last break of today, let's thank our partners over at Stokerize Stabilizers. Uh, I'm, br I'm running that brand new M1 Hunter SS1 uh, 14. It's the micro diameter stabilizer. It's perfect for eliminating vibration. Uh, I've noticed even a huge benefit uh, with this specific stabilizer since I've been shooting with the tight spot quiver on. So my bow feels perfectly balanced at full draw and zero vibration. Uh, so not only has the bow been already awesome with, with, with that hand shock, but adding this uh, stabilizer even does a trick and with that rear uh, weight dis distribution to it man it feels awesome in the hand so proudly made in the usa uh, also here in pennsylvania sean's a great individual um, check out that episode that we did with him a few uh, weeks ago uh, so check out what the the new m1 series over at stokerized.com ask you this question have you had someone that has taken the course and or has taken the course and they really want to do good because they 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 appreciate what you've done. Does that make sense? Like, have you had that yet? Where they're like, "Man, John, like I love, like thank you for doing this, for like creating this this platform for me and for other newbie hunters in a sense." And they want to like push themselves to get better for for you, like like not for you, but to. Did you, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't gotten the dad complex yet. Uh, I God, I would be. Yeah, I haven't even thought about that. Um, here's the weird thing is that we really just started promoting it a couple months ago. So I've only gotten like, I can count on two hands the number of active students we have. Right. It's like really, really early on. And I, like, I'll check in with them. I'll just email them. I don't want to be creepy either. Like, let them take it at their own pace. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I want to make it clear to anybody who who is considering this or probably more accurately has somebody in their life who has expressed interest in going hunting and you haven't taken them. I'm talking to you listeners because we all have at least one person in our lives, probably far more than that. And this is a course, not only for them, but to help you to get, you know, have a look through the preview, sign up, give us your email. You can have the whole first section for free. And then, you know, you can look through the entire curriculum, 35 plus videos and, and like text and images so you have a pretty good idea of like the order of, that we the, that we set this up and you understand the the platform and how we present the information. I'm also adding quizzes to the end of every little lesson right now. Um, the guy that runs the Illinois Learn Hunt program, the guy's name's Dan. I sent him the course for free. Like, hey man, please, you know, this was like my. I'm like, this is me getting over my ego, just like we all have to. I'm like, well, if anybody can give me real feedback. It's this guy. Cause he does this, right? He runs live workshops and now like virtual seminars and stuff. And he, even Dan is like, yeah, like we, we want people to come back and utilize our mentor mentorship program and all that. Cause you can't learn all this stuff in a day. Right. I promote their programs like crazy every opportunity I get because they're not my competition. They are the pathway to entry. But where a course like that leaves off, like you're get, you're drinking through a fire hose for six or eight hours. Maybe you get to eat some venison. You pull, you draw back your a bow for the first five or ten times, and then you're on your way. And you've taken 15, 20 pages of notes, and you're like, uh, what now? you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is where you get that that structure to come back and be like, oh right, okay. Actually, I did know this, but it's worth your ten or fifteen minutes to watch the video and read through the text and go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. 
okay, Dan, yeah, Dan did teach us this in our, in our learn to hunt course. Cool. And now you've seen it. Like you've seen screenshots of what the government website looks like of applying for that tag or what it looks like to assemble a tree stand or what it look, you know what I mean? Like yeah. basic stuff. And it's like, well, here's the half hour version on this one specific thing. Now you've seen it, you know, you, you know what a buck call looks like and two or three common vocalizations. If you want to learn more, here's a link to a great video, you know, from, uh, the deer society or, you know, the, what, whoever right. is like, here's a calling champion, like a primos, like somebody sponsored. We're just guys that use this call. Here's me using it in the field. And here's a two and a half year old buck coming in with his hair raised, scraping some stuff up. That's probably going to be your experience too, especially on public land. Yeah. Right. So we, we just, we, it's, it's more about like, cause I feel like the, the anecdotal evidence is it's really useful. At least I, I hope it is to people to just, just to help you feel like you've been there before so that when you get there, you're, you're not complete, you're not completely in the dark. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. ah, I've see, kind of seen this before. I've watched it play out. It's been narrated to me. Like I can, I understand it in theory and I've done these practical, like these hands-on practical applications that have prepared me for this moment so that I'm not completely out of my element when it comes time to actually, you know, right. pull the literal or proverbial trigger. That's all right. What I was going to say is the great thing about the course is like John was saying is, you know, you can go through one part or one video and then you can pause at that time and go practice what you learn. Just because when, you know, the, the brain can only process and that your attention span so short that if you go to something, maybe it's a weekend or, you know, six, eight hours and try to learn all this information, you're never going to pick up on all that information at one time. So the good thing about this course is, you know, whether it's calls or like he said, setting up a tree stand or, you know, you can take that small chunk of what you learn. Now go out and do it and practice it. That way you can get that down before you move on to the next step. So that way you can kind of set your own pace and you're not getting a, a, a large amount of information at one time and you can practice and hone your skills. And then by the end of the course, you're going to be a far better hunter than just going to one course and getting the same information at a, a one uh, large extent of time. That's exactly it. Uh, and Dimitri to like kind of piggyback off of that. What I was thinking of when I, when I built this was like, I didn't want to make myself, and or anyone else affiliated with, with Whitetail 101 that you see in the videos to out as the, um, the end all or like, the, you know what I mean? I, I sure don't want to come off as a know-it-all. It's like, no, no, I, I still study these things. I listen to these podcasts. I watch these videos and here's proof. I will, I, we, we send people to additional resources when you're done. Like, Hey, you have enough information to go out and do this. If you want to learn more about that deer call, or if, let's say, um, you know, a, a couple of things that are difficult with the scouting and strategy specifically, as you said, is that like you guys have the advantage or the complexity, depending on how you want to, um, treat it is both a pro and a con, but it's something you have to deal with in terms of topography. Right right? Pennsylvania has more hills, rolling hills in some cases, depending what part of the state, like kind of mountains. Yeah. We don't, right? Illinois, most of Missouri, the Western part of Ohio, pretty much all of Indiana, like a lot, you know, a lot of Michigan. And until you get to the Northern half of Wisconsin, all that's flat as hell. 
and so we you know we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about thermals in the course but it's like hey by the way if you're in one of these regions you may want to check out this link here's a quick video on like the concept of just what thermals are and how they can maybe you know what i mean so yeah. it's like we're not gonna it doesn't have to be because you could you could make every lesson an hour and a half or two hours long that's not the point of this i want to give you the base level of information to just be able to go out and confidently like okay well i john showed me how to look up you know two or three legal public hunting sites and we also cover the private land side you probably saw that like in the first the first unit right like lesson three it's like where can i hunt well here's your options right if you got the hookup and you probably don't because you're coming to us (laughs) you might be able to get permission but if not maybe hey maybe you know so we introduced the concept of a lease very early on like here's your options you're probably gonna wind up on public land especially if you don't have a a bunch in the in the bank to front but if you have a couple hundred bucks to throw at this and you're not putting it all into gear yeah it might be worth getting you know together with a couple of buddies and splitting that a thousand dollar nut or whatever for you know a couple weekends because it's going to up your ante. And by the way, like, like your odds are going to be way higher just by virtue of going to a place and going, Hey owner, where do you see deer moving? And he's like, Oh, I got stands here, 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 and here. And now you go back to the, uh, like the introductory phase that Jeremy, you were talking about 20 minutes ago. And that's exactly my experience for the first 15 years that I hunted, which was put me in a stand, sit there, shut up, be quiet. Did you spray down your clothes? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and just, and by, you know, just by sheer odds, because again, the landowners kind of have an idea of where they move. They have, they might have oak trees or this or that. And you have that uh, you're leaning on the experience of a far more um, advanced hunter or at the very least a property owner. So if you want to skip forward through some of those steps, we'll say, Hey, if you want to, if, if you're, if the most important thing to you here is, to be successful, maybe just put that couple hundred bucks into getting on a, on a private land lease, use the, you know, land trust or, you know, whatever. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of them hunting lease network, right? Yeah. And, and do that. And then, and get on the board, you know, in any sport, they say the first points are the hardest. And then once you've been there, you've had the opportunity, you felt that, you know, like that adrenaline rush. Okay. Now, if you want to move on, but that, again, it's, it's a choose your own adventure. And, um, my, for me, it's, it's actually more important for people to just gain to, to, to draw whatever they want to out of their first year of, of hunting whitetails, whether that be on public or private land, whether that be with archery or firearm or, you know, depending on legality crossbow, whatever method, whatever means, whatever area, as much as you want to draw from this experience, I want that for you because my goal is to get you hooked. I don't just want you to go out there and buy a tag and a license this year. I want to, I want to do everything in my power. You email me, you say, I'm having this trouble. What do you think? I'm going to give you my best guess. And if I don't think I'm the most, uh, the best resource, I'm going to direct you to a resource that I use, you know, that, that, can kind of articulate their thoughts better on that specific subject. Because my goal is to get you your first year this year, or again, more accurately for your audience, your buddies or your friends or your cousins first year this year, because once they get it, they're hooked, man. I promise you if they're successful in their first year, I, the, the numbers got to be astronomical. I, I haven't done that research, 
but like you and I both know if somebody takes down, you know, their first year in their first year, they're probably coming back. Yeah. 100%. And, I'm, and uh, our buddy, Mike, who is a team member with, with antler up outdoors. I mean, he's two years in and he shot his first white tail this past year, a, a nice mature doe up on his, his dad's property where his dad's been hunting his whole life. And his dad, you know, was a hunter, even when Mike grew up, he, he dabbled in, uh, I think like just archery and stuff like back in the day, but just played hockey and other sports and did other things, just never really took up hunting and now has. And I know, you know, he's the one that really pushed about the whitetail one-on-one to, to get on and, uh, to have you guys on and, and we're excited for that. But at the same time, he, man, like you said, he is just, he oozed it out even before he, he, he shot this his first whitetail, but when that day happened, I mean, man, it's it's just awesome. It's it's a life changer. You hear those things about people going out west for their first time, and man, it changes them and all everything like that for their first western hunt. And that's something for me that I'm excited for because you get a you you talk about your first activity, that first section of the class is talking about you know getting the whole setting up of of your licenses and and the DNR websites and the safety courses and where can you hunt. That's the same thing that I'm going through right now because I'll be going out west for my first trip, you know, and, and it's yeah. so it's it's even that that side of things. Uh, and, you know, here I've been hunting, you know, like you just since I've been 12 years old. And and uh, so that's something where, like you said, it doesn't matter if you are a seasoned vet or brand new to hunting. I You're going to pick something out, get something out of this course. Well, Mike's got now something else to aspire to. And every year you've got something new. You know, and for me, that's that, like, I could fill all my tags probably in the first week of the season. If I, if my goal was strictly like fill the freezer, right. right. Cause I've gotten good enough at like the couple of properties that we hunt one private and a couple of public uh, where like, if that was the goal, yeah, like, I'd probably, probably do this. I'd be done October 15th every year, but it's kind of like a quasi. It's like, I, I like to I like to kind of straddle the fence a little bit and kind of, you know, it's like, okay, if I see a solo doe, I haven't heard any grunts. And there's like, I said, you know, you come up with your own sort of like, um, I don't know, methodology or ethos. And that, that all probably goes out the window as soon as you see something, right? You're like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we all have that moment too. You're like, all right, I'm not going to shoot anything below 150 class this year. And here comes that, like, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, shoot. That's a pretty nice eight pointer, actually. Um, but no, that's, I actually had that experience this past year too. I only had, because we were, we were coming out here to Colorado uh, for work. And that's, I'm in the same boat as you. It's funny, man. I was, I was struggling for the last two years. I was putting in points and I was like, ah. Should I do it over the counter and just like get out there? And the answer was probably yes, but it, it was just kind of a, like a big nut to chew on because it's like by the time you're in tags and lices, like Colorado is one of the less expensive places. You're still well over a grand by the time you even get your tag and license as an out-of-stater for elk. Yeah. And then if you want to get a muley tag or something, then it's even more on top of that. And of course, no matter which, if you only have one tag, of course, you're going to see the other species yep. when you're, when you're there. So you got to get both. So I was, so I was like, to hell with it. I'll just move. Uh, but go, that kind of goes back to just my, um, my personality. I've always enjoyed getting good at stuff, being pro, proficient, you know, um, and being out on those ships. I had some opportunities to surf. I'm not a surfer. Um, uh, like to say what I've done is surfing would be a very loose 
term. I've mostly just gotten my ass handed to, to me by the ocean <laughs> and stood up for a few seconds at a time. But when you stand up for those three or four seconds, it feels amazing. Yeah. And you got to live for that, man. So like to, to all you guys out there, like whether you're new or you know somebody who's new, what I want to preach and what I want you guys to preach is like embrace that suck because those flashes of brilliance are worth it. They are going to be worth it. You just got to, and you don't know when they're going to come, but you, if you, if you can, you can measure your progress through this. Like with that's, that's one of the most important things that I kind of built into this is like, you know, right away, it's a kind of a, a tough sell to be honest. I probably should have made like the fun stuff, the first section of the course. And then people would be a lot more interested by the time they got to lesson two, huh? <laughs> I'm, like looking at it. I'm starting with like, cause that's where you got to start though. Is like, yeah. you, you can't really do any of the other stuff unless you take care of the boring stuff and get on the government websites. But the thing is, once you figure out how to kind of navigate yours, you're going to keep going back to it to find those public land parcels, to find what the draw, the draw odds for the tags are in a, in a certain unit to figure out how successful people are. All those numbers are available to you. And we actually bake that into the course. Like, okay, well, I, you know, I have no clue. I am in a state, you know, uh, Michigan, like a pretty big state and it's pretty heavily pressured. Right. And it's like that they're, they're actually kind of like one of those states that's known for not having a lot of real big bucks because there's so many, everybody hunts. Right. Right. Um, and so very few bucks make it past three years old. Well, knowing that you can look at like there's every, every state agency has those numbers available to you to figure out, well, where do I even start? Where, where am I going to have reasonable odds? Where are these deer, where are there good deer numbers and, and do I have like, you know, all the guaranteed chance of drawing a tag and then where's that pro that public land. Right. So we'll get your head wrapped around. Like I, I'm really trying to make the hard sell on, on like section one, because I, I built this course with the interest of like, if somebody's going to start it, they're going to finish it. Right. Well, I don't want to like give you the cake and then try to convince you to eat your veggies. Right. Right. Well, that's I think a tough, that's a tougher sell. That is a tough sell. And I think too, like what Dimitri said earlier about how you could just pause something, uh, whatever lesson or activity that you're doing and go practice it and then be able to come back. I think that's huge. Yeah. I, I built the, uh, the program through a platform called teachable and it's actually specifically for like online courses and teachable has an app. It's really cool. I think it's, I don't think they made one for Android yet, but they made a, a teachable iOS app and you can download entire lessons, including the videos and all the text and images to your phone. So I, that is a, you guys were asking about feedback. Um, like w one of the students is like, dude, I, yeah, I just basically downloaded like the whole course. And then if I'm out there scouting or whatever, I'm like, crap, what are these, you know, what is, uh, I don't know. Um, what's the difference between deer poop and rabbit poop. Right. Well, now you've got it. If you're out there on public and maybe you don't have service or whatever, you're going to have to take a photo, you know, take a photo of and look later, but you can go, Oh, this is good sign. Now I can take what John said up, you know, whether you downloaded Onyx or, um, you know, I mean, for years we just got by with Google earth, take a little, take yourself a little screenshot, you know, draw it up on your iPhone. This is what I found. This is, you know, this is my, my point of interest. Boom. That, I mean, that informs, that's going to save you a hell of a lot of time and legwork later on. If you can mark that stuff as you're going, look back on it and go, Hmm. Okay. Reasonable guess. This is where the deer are moving to and from. You know, I've seen sign of this. I was out here after a rain. 
okay, next time I go out there as, as it's closer to season, I'm going to see if I can corroborate that and we'll put a plan together. Now right. you've got somewhere to go as opposed to like starting with a whole state, not even knowing what parcels are even legal for you to hunt on and then trying to narrow it down. It's like, uh, we'll, we'll find you a couple of places you can go to. We'll show you how to, how to look up, like from the comfort, you know, of your underwear, pick out at least weed out a couple places on that parcel that don't look good to you. And then spend your time in the places that you, that you hypothesized were good. If you don't find what you're looking for, either move to a different section of the property or go to a different property. Right. It's like this, these are not, I know it seems like a lot like for a beginner, but it's like, again, it's none of it's like overwhelmingly complex. It's just overwhelming in aggregate. There's a lot of it. But if you have somebody go, Oh no, this is, yeah, everybody misses that. That's what this means. You go, Oh, cool. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's just like a lot of this stuff is simple. Otherwise, I mean, I I mean, I don't want to reduce you, you know, you're, you're in the act, you're in academia. So I'm sure you're very smart, but I'm not that I'm, I'm of average intelligence and I've been doing this with success. I mean, I have, I have yet to, I think the last time I failed to fill a tag altogether was like 33. Yeah. It was 10 or 11 seasons ago. I was 22. And that was back when we were solely gun hunting. So that's two weekends a year. Right in Illinois. Right. It was just like, I, I missed, I missed one shot. My season was over and then that's it. So, um, you know, but th- that being said, so I, I, I don't say that to toot my own horn. It's just like, I, I mean, I've, I've got a basic level of proficiency with this and I've gotten to the point where like, if, if my sole goal was to go out and kill a big mature buck every year and dedicate 20, 25 days to doing that, which make no mistake, the guy, you know, the dudes, I love, um, working class bow hunter and some of those podcasts where they're just like, that is their goal. That is their life's mission. And I love it. I love following along with them. Like I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I, you know what I mean? I'm not, I can't plan my whole life around that. I'm, I, that's why I'm out here in Colorado is, is to chase elk and mule deer and have different experiences. And because it's like, even to take a cow in my first year, a cow elk, like for me, it would be greater validation. Cause I'm like, man, I had to learn a landscape. I had to figure out all the tagged you know, your hunt doesn't start even with scouting. It starts way before then, you know, with figuring out the tag drop process and where you can go and, you know, getting a beat on like local hunting pressure and where I have a reasonable chance of actually having a meaningful experience in nature. These are all things that matter to me. So you, you got to define your own hunt. So it's not just embrace the suck. It's figure out what you want to take from it. If all you want to take is a deer Okay. Then you, then approach that accordingly and we'll help you. But if you're, you know, it, it, if you're more like me or you're wanting to chase that big buck, Whitetail 101 is not really a series designed for the big buck hunter, because I don't think that a first year hunter should be going after big mature animals. They've figured me out. I've had experience where I'm like watching, I've been, you know, I've sat a stand where I've seen that buck cross before. And I go to sit that stand and he doesn't show up or he shows up on the other side of the field. And so a couple of days later I come over there and I think I've got a good wind and guess what? He comes from the other side and guess where he's walking where I was 85 yards down the field where I would have had a 20, 20 yard shot broadside. And at a certain point you start to think to yourself like, well, this isn't coincidence anymore. He's just better at staying alive than I am at killing him. Right. Right. So that's that humility coming back in a little bit. 
No, and, and that's that's huge. And I think Dimitri, I mean, you and I both had that conversation, especially for our out west stuff. You know what, what our expectations are. Yeah, that's how what we are, talk. What are your expectations? Our expectations really is kind of like what you said, just trying to actually put something on the ground. I mean, we're not going to be too picky um, just for the fact that, you know, we don't know when we're going to get out again. It's not like a thing that we for sure that we're going to be able to do every year. Or, you know, we would like to, I mean, that would be awesome or the plan if we could do that every year, but maybe we never get out there again. You never know. So the first time out there, I mean, if we see a fork mule deer or, you know, spike, uh, elk mule, uh, bull, I mean, I, I mean, I know I'm going to take it, you know, one, I like the meat. I, I use it to provide. Dude, elk is my, so good. I know. It's so good. So I provide for my family and we use our, you know, my white tail deer all year round as, as far as, uh, meat for our family. So I'm, I'm going to try to provide that. So, you know, and if, 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 if that's the case and I do take something like that and you know, the next year I'm going to maybe wait out and maybe try to get something bigger, you know, the next time out there, maybe a three by three and then maybe a four by four. So I think as you grow, you're, you're going to ex- progress your expectations, you know, maybe some people not, uh, but for me, that's something, but I just want to get out there and experience it. And I think Jeremy has a little bit of the same expectations going out. Yeah. I mean, I could just ditto to, to everything. Uh, I know our buddy, Tim, who we're going out with out there with, he's done it now for quite a few years and has had a lot of success doing it and, uh, doing it solo, uh, nonetheless. And he, he mentioned, and Dimitri, you could kind of maybe help me out on this. I think it was his first year or second year or first time he was on elk and it was cows and it, wasn't it like a quick 20 yard shot and it was early i think it was the first day john and he passed just because again you know it was his first time out there it was his first day and autumn you know he's like wow this is you know kind of so easy i'm already on 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 elk he passed and he Uh, must be like this every day (laughs) right (laughs) and uh he did not see anything or get an opportunity to and he even said and he's like man i kicked myself because i should have and uh he goes i didn't I don't even think he really had expectations in a sense of saying like, I, it has to be this or cannot be that. So that's where for me, man, if, if there's a, an, uh, ethical opportunity shot where I feel comfortable and I, and I have that tag for it. Yeah, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wait until day nine when I'm like probably starving and just ready. My feet are aching. I was all hell. And, uh, I mean, (laughs) So that that's my expectation, and and like Dimitri said, I want to experience it, and that's where again I feel like I'm a whole brand new new hunter just because I'm going to be experiencing something totally brand new, and that's exciting. And uh, man, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Dimitri and I have been texting back and forth, and you know, just when we get together too, just talking about our gear, you know, he's, you know, what, what's our sleeping pad situation? What, you know, what, what are we running for food, jet boils and just all that fun, neat stuff. And, you know, like you were saying, John, like I I love gear. I could talk gear out, out till next week. And, um, but man, it's just something where I, I think someone coming into the whitetail side of things, uh, you know, you said hunt your hunt. And if you have that expectation, like for me, man, I, 
I'd be lying to you if, if I didn't want to say, if I said, I don't care if I shoot a bigger deer next year, you know what I mean? Than the one I got yeah. this past year. But if it, if it happens, guess what? When, if, if I'm in that, if I'm in the saddle and I'm, or wherever I am in the blind on the ground and that deer gives me that like plus 10 feeling, uh, as I, when I see him or, or a doe, man, I'm going to take that shot. You know, and that's where, again, like Dimitri just kind of talked about the whole social media thing. And, you know, we run antler up and, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, this is a side thing that, that we have going on. It's not my drive of income. This is just my passion, what I love to do and talk about and talk to and meet people. So for me, you know, what I love to shoot a friggin 130 plus inch deer. Yeah. 100%. Uh, am I going to try to? Yes. But am I going to let my life revolve around it? No. Um, am I going to try to put myself in that situation to do that? Yeah. And, uh, I think any hunter would do that. And again, so that's, that's kind of my, my thing. And I think you explain, again just going down the like I'm, i have it pulled up right here at the parts of of the whitetail 101 man you did a phenomenal job and uh i i think for like i can't wait to go through it myself and i said this on our podcast with bill just because again i could learn something i could pick up something i could maybe like you like the whole goal of it is to maybe even teach someone uh, to, to get into it, to mentor someone, man, I commend you that you were saying over the last couple of years, you've done at least one or two people, because that's something that I would like to do. I, I would love to do it this upcoming year. I just don't know. And I, I could be a total ass by saying, Oh, I don't know if I have the time to do it. You know what I mean? Just, um, I, I, I don't want to use that as, as an excuse. So, it, and I love that I could maybe one day mentor some of my students just because that's one thing where some of them are like, yo, Mr. D, you know, antler up, man. And they're doing this and they're talking that. And they're like, I, I want to hunt. I'm like, dude, if I got you to hunt, you'd be hooked. I just know they would. Um, so it's, it's kind of like one of those logistics things where maybe a, their parents, I got to get convinced their parents to say, Hey, listen, I'm going to take, you know, your son out and we're going to go do this or whatever. And, uh, man, I, they could come with me too. Uh, I don't care. And, uh, so that's the, that's the hard part is just trying to, to manage all these, uh, I guess what I have my hats dipped, dipped in, you know? Yeah. And it's, I feel like, um, maybe I'll try to speak for you for a second. Yeah. Cause what the anxiety that I felt the first time I took somebody out that I wasn't like directly related to was like, gosh, like I, I was going through like a mental checklist in my head of like, what do I need to teach this person today? And the, the fact is like, you can't teach them everything. Yeah. And if you can just steep them in it and br hopefully bring them out during a time when you're likely to see some activity, that's honestly, that's like steps one, two, and three. You're, you've gotten them way farther ahead than you even realized just by giving them an, that experience. Right. Because most people don't just go out there and sit and be quiet and watch the woods happen. I enjoy doing that. Yeah. I love, you know, uh, Bobcats have made a pretty good recovery in Illinois lately. Um, we, I've even seen a bald Eagle while I was sitting out there in nice. Illinois. I was like, what, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You see weird stuff happen. You know, you're like, why the hell is this? Where did that doe come from? Why is she blowing? She's upwind of me, you know, like, like what the hell? And then you go, Oh, 
you see a little coyote rolling through, but it's cool. That's cool stuff, man. I'm like, damn it. That coyote just blew my hunt. And he doesn't even know I'm here. Right. You know, I should probably shoot him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, are like, mm, well, I don't know. Maybe that doe will come rolling through. Ah, I'm going to shoot him. But, the, <laughs> so, but so you, you said something that kind of like, uh, I feel like I, I can kind of segue here. Um, we were going back and forth over this week about the stuff that we wanted to chat about. And something you mentioned, um, like going to the, the, you know, haunt your hunt or take what you, what you're, you're hoping to, whatever that means for, for that particular day, week, you know, weekend year, whatever. I'm out here, but fortunately for me, I like one of the big benefits of having spent the last six months in Colorado, we were up in Montana. We're kind of, we just, we knew we wanted to be kind of up in, in the mountains in the West and spend some time out here. We just weren't sure where. And then we put six months in. I'm like, well, to hell with it. I'm hunting Colorado this fall, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm, a, I'm officially a resident. So I will take that, that elk tag for one tenth the price. Uh, but for me, it's, it's nice because I get to, I can purchase the over the counter elk tag and then they have a leftover limited draw. I wasn't a resident yet by the time you had to do that primary draw for like the big game, but I can get a leftover limited license and and have a good shot at going, um, like on a, like a rifle hunt during the rut. So I have all of September to try and get out there and, and get, closer than I'm, I'm honestly likely to get in my first year up here. But I mean, I feel like a lot of what my wife and I have done the last couple of years has prepared us for this, man. I was working in Glacier National Park over last summer. We hiked our butts off. We've been, I've been hiking more than I've been turkey hunting, which has probably contributed to why I have not killed a turkey yet this spring. Um, but I just love this. I love the country out here. Uh, and I, I feel like Honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I'd love to take down a Merriam's and I'm going to go one more time this weekend, but I'm not going to be heartbroken if I don't. Um, I already, I already found a sweet set of five by five sheds. Like, yeah, those were sweet. Saw those on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, You saw those, right? Um, so you never know what you're going to find, man. I mean, how many people find a single shed antler if they're not like super experienced elk hunters? in a season? And I stumbled upon, literally would have had to trip over a pair of them that were like from a solid four-year-old bull. And I was like, this is awesome. This day was so worth it. Then I went out and got rained on all day. didn't see damn thing, but (laughs) that that it goes back to, you never know when, you know, nature has a beautiful way of just keeping you on your toes and keeping you coming back for more. And so you always want to see what's around that next bend over that next lip or Ridge. Right. Right. Because it could be, I mean, it could be the buck of a lifetime. Or it could just be an experience in nature. It might just be a barred owl, you know, yeah. but who am I to say just a barred owl? Right. You know? right. So what I've realized that's, that's the part that matters more. Like when I started this, I was trying to solve a problem that I was hearing about. And I said, I think I can solve this. And I just had kind of the audacity to do it. Cause I looked around and I didn't see anything that fit my mold of what I felt incomers, incoming hunters needed which was this, it's what I built. And I didn't really have a blueprint for it. And I think that's also was equally as important because the fact that it didn't exist and I didn't have anything to go off of when I made this meant that as I built it, I could, you know, I could take some feedback from people who did not yet hunt and a lot of people who do and did, 
and build the best possible program that I could. I just kept beefing it up. It's still, I treat it as a living, breathing document. If I get feedback that I'm like in my own right mind, I'm like, that's good. I'm going to do that. Thank you. And I do it. I go home and I do it. And that's, I'm, I'm implementing quizzes for every single, um, lesson just so that people are confident when they move on before they move on to the next thing. Like, yeah, I got a pretty good grasp of what this was about. Now I can go and I can do the thing that they're saying to do because that's the most important thing. This is not when I said, uh, like I've actually gotten the thing, the thing that most people guess I am when they meet me is a teacher or a professor. It's in my blood. I just don't like academia that much. (laughs) Right. I'm a great student. I mean, I've probably learned 10 times more in my adult life since graduating college. So since I turned 22 than I did in the previous 22 years, there's all these skills. It's a beautiful world we live in right now, man. You can learn almost anything for free or very cheap. And if you want really good, trustworthy information in my experience, like as I was learning about, uh, you know, the marketing and some of the camera stuff and, you know, lighting F stops, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd like paid a couple bucks for stuff like that. It turned out to be worth it. Not just because of the information I, I knew was trustworthy and good, but because it saved me a lot of time having to research, right? you know, and weed through the reviews or the, you know, how many subscribers or followers does this channel have and what, you know, taking a look at all their other videos and what they tend to focus on, you know, is this a product review channel? Are they sponsored this and that just take all that crap out, man. If you really want to do something right, something that, that you're, that is going to take as much time as learning to hunt whitetail deer the right way, safely and effectively, and give yourself a really good chance at success to strip all that stuff away. That's what, in my mind, that's where I was, you know, when I built this, I'm like, there's gotta be people out there that are looking at this. If you type into YouTube, how to hunt deer or, or whitetail hunting for beginners, it's like, there's some good information, but most of it's disjointed and some of it is downright embarrassing. So, you know, and it's like, how the hell did you get 44,000 views, man? Like, I don't know. I, I won't, I, I'll, I'll stay off the soapbox on that, but I was just like, it's either that or it's like product focused branded content. And actually that's how you usually know it's trustworthy because right. Realtree or Mossy Oak or one of those, they're never going to put their name on something that's not, that's disinformation or not useful. Correct, it's just yeah. that it's, it's all aimed at hunters. So it assumes a certain level of proficiency and knowledge that somebody in, in step one, two, five doesn't have. And so they're using terms. They're assuming that you, you know, you own land or that you've hunted land or that, you know, you know, the difference between the, I don't know, uh, the action and the safety on your rifle, like basic stuff like that. And it's like, you can't, you can't assume that stuff with somebody who's coming from, you know, middle-class suburbia, right. You know, that, that guy or girl may, may not even have a pair of hiking boots in their in their closet. So for me, it's more like I, I wanted to resolve the issue of like, well, let's just get more hunters into the woods. And, you know, because it's, it was the funding model and that's still definitely at stake here. But the more I talk to people, I realize like my wife, she was a vegetarian 14 years before I met her. And now I've convinced her, you know, fish, chicken, still taste some deer. She loves summer sausage, deer, venison, summer sausage for some reason, I guess it's the salty, cheesy jalapeno goodness. Um, she'll eat like, she'll sit there and eat like a whole log of that sausage. I'm like, you're going to have a freaking heart attack. 
Um, but she and everybody else close to me that knows that I hunt and has kind of heard me articulate my reasons for it. They're like staunch advocates of hunting. And most of those people will never hunt. So we don't even have to like, it's not, we don't have to get to this place where like 50% of the country hunts. We just got to get like, if we, I mean, imagine if we could, you know, double our numbers. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or by, by 25% over the course of five years, what that would do, uh, again, this is one very specific course for one very specific species, but in my humble opinion, I mean, it's, it's the easiest to get into. They're the most widely and readily available. And as far as effort to, um, to like, basically basically return on your you know return reward ratio it's the white-tailed deer man yeah i agree dude. right yeah yeah i mean because they're not terribly once you kind of once you have a basic 101 level of proficiency it's just a matter of spending enough time out there you're going to get better with every hunt but you could be a jamoke just sitting in a, in a tree stand on an edge on, on an edge of a field you know or or somewhere where acorns happen to fall every couple of years. And if you spend enough time in that stand, you are going to get an opportunity. So if we could just get those people out there there, I feel like we'll, we'll have more advocates. We'll have a better informed public. We'll have people who are going to do their own homework and research and start listening to podcasts like yours, learn what the issues are, learn, you know, just how, how uh, in peril some of our public lands are, right. Yeah. You know, understand that, you know, what multiple use means and all these terms and definitions that some of us just tend to take, for granted in the vernacular, you know, but if we can just get more people steeped in that culture, I, I think that, I think that our country actually by, you know, by extension, our world will be safer. Our natural world will be safer and more sustainable for it. It, it kind of comes full circle. Uh, one of you guys, was it you or was it Mike? One of you guys asked when you were talking to, um, when you had Bill, uh, Bill, uh, from Pertner, you asked about the hunting buddy, yeah. Hashtag that I made. Yeah. I was trying to promote that with him. We, I didn't really get it going yet, but, um, I, I would love to, to utilize your guys' platform if you're okay with it. Yeah. I would, I would love to give away a, one. We'll, we'll do a random drawing and we'll just give away Whitetail 101 to a winner. But anybody who contributes to that hashtag hunting buddy sounds good. Any, anybody who just submits a photo and tags us in it, you know, they're, they're, sort of aspiring hunter. So the, the idea behind this guys, uh, I, I came up with this kind of like crazy idea, um, because I want to motivate existing hunters. I feel like you guys are still our kind of bread and butter where it's an unutilized untapped resource. Everybody says anywhere you go, right. QDMA or pheasants forever. Any of those guys say, Oh, bring a new hunter, mentor, a new hunter. I mean, truth be told, if every one of us did that for one year, this thing would be solved, but it's not going to happen. Right. Again, it's a, it's an ego thing. We fear that we're going to do the guys, you know, a disservice or worse yet. How many days do you get in the stand each year? Yeah. Can you really spend it with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing? Didn't wash their clothes, made a mistake, opens a soda or a bread, <laughs> bread soda in the stand or the blind, right? You only get so many opportunities. So I, I can appreciate that. I understand that we, you know, this is something that we, you have to make time for this, Right. Yeah. And so your time is valuable. So I want to reward recruitment essentially with the hashtag hunting buddy. So the whole idea is, uh, 
like if you find us on Facebook or Instagram, really active on Instagram, it's at whitetail underscore one one uh, or find us, you know, sport, uh, whitetail 101 sports 101 on, uh, Facebook. And all you got to do is just tag us in the photo and then hashtag hunting buddy, take a photo with one of your friends who's expressed interest or said they're committed to going say, Hey, I'm going to take you hunting at least one time this year. Right. And we'll put them in a drawing for, and we're going to give away a free course for whitetail 101. Now the retail right now, it, we're retailing it for $49. Um, but just for submitting, even if you don't win, uh, if you take a photo with one buddy, that buddy's going to get 20% off. Awesome. If you can, if you take a photo with two buddies, I'll send you a unique pro, promo code for 30% off and so forth. So if you've, I mean, take a, take a family photo. I, I honestly, I want people to, I don't care if you take advantage of me and you're full of crap, <laughs> right? If there's only one person in your photo, that's actually going to go through and take the course and go hunting. I don't care. You take a photo with nine people. I'll give you 99% off. All right. I want to get this into the hands of people, get the feedback, make the course as good as it can be. And most importantly, let's get hunters into the woods and having those experiences. Cause I think if they take this course and they kind of do it on their own time, they still have plenty of time to get their tags in line, to do their hunter safety course, to do all that basic legwork. 100%. Now, yeah. now, First off, they're not going to bug me as much with their questions. They're going to come to you who got them into it. Right. Yep. Uh, Joe listener. Um, but now you can, now you have like a, a base, a platform to go off of. You're not f- feeling like you got to start where I did making this course. You've got somebody who's working through it on their own going, Hey man, Hey Jeremy, I had a quick question about this. Hey, what kind of gun would you recommend? You know, Hey, I haven't been out to check out these, these parcels. What, what length of shot John's talking about, like figuring out your length of shot, you know, and might want this power rifle or that, what do you use? Now you can just answer the question and they move on. It gets so much easier, right? Because we are like the tether. Yeah. And, and, and instead of you being like, um, instead of the mentor being like the end all be all the everything, it takes a lot of pressure off of you. You know that's what I awesome. Mean? Yeah, man, that's, that's so, awesome. So let's, let's do that. Um, I guess you, uh, anybody who's interested in the course, uh, you can preview lessons for free. You don't have to give us an email, anything. It's just sportsman Um, and then if you do, uh, if you, if you want to go through the whole like, uh, safety and legal portion, that first section, you can gain, gain access to all four videos for free. Uh, and then you just, you can sign up for free and you got to give us an email and then we're going to bug you to actually go and buy your tag and license every once in a while. Dude, man, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And until next time, Antler Up. And that wraps up our latest episode of the Antler Up podcast. Thank you again for John for coming on, spending uh, some quality time with us. We really appreciate what you're doing out there with Whitetail 101. Again, make sure you guys follow those the, follow the rules for getting a free uh, course for Whitetail 101. Take the picture with somebody, hashtag tag them with the hunting buddy, and uh, grab yourself an awesome course. Uh, something, too, that, again, just looking through this thing, it not only could a brand-new hunter learn so much about it, but, heck, even a seasoned uh, veteran could learn as much uh, could learn take away something from this course as well and uh, hey again thank you so much for all the individuals that purchase our shirts Uh, we put in that order we're going to be doing a nice donation to our anti-hunger program here in central Pennsylvania at the YMCA so once uh, I think uh, by that time um, 
I can't wait to, to get that check in and it'll be shirts will be hitting you about June 8th. Those of you that made the purchase, thank you again. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please go ahead and, and leave a positive review. It, it's going to help us out a lot. So until next time, antler up. <laughs>